Welcome back to Off the Bar Podcast. My name is Rafael Dos Santos, and I'm here with Coffee Girl, Chris Will, George. No last name, George. <laughs> so Carras. <laughs> nah, it's just um, George. Yeah, just George. Today's episode is going to be mostly about the good old Conference League final between Feyenoord and Roma. We're going to have our specialist on the subject, Michael Figueroa. Not because he's an Arsenal fan. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. But like I said, we have our specialist here today to talk about Conference League, Michael Figueroa. We're also going to be talking about Mbappe's transfer, or not transfer, but his contract renewal, unfortunate contract renewal to PSG. And then we're going to be talking about the good old Champions League final, a huge step up from our first topic. But to take it away, none other than the Arsenal enthusiast wearing a Real Madrid jersey for some reason. Michael Figueroa. So, everyone's favorite third European tournament, the Conference League. Let's talk about that. So we had Roma, led by Jose Mourinho as a manager. Obviously, one of the arguably one of the best managers of all time. Um, and then we have Fenerbahce, uh, one of the best clubs in Holland. Um, they honestly earned their way here. They were more competitive during their. Group C matches in, in Roma. They've actually scored, I think, the most goals in the tournament. So there was a lot of like enthusiasm for seeing Fenrir would actually perform. And I was excited to see Fenrir win the finals. You know, I, I was kind of like what we talked about in the um, Europa League, how I like that not a team that's not in the top five leagues is in a cup final. I think it's pretty interesting and fun to watch. But um, Roma took out the win with a very traditional style of Jose Marino football where there's probably one goal and just 90 more minutes of defense right after that. <laughs> so that, that was the game. That's, it was literally pretty defensive oriented. Fenerbahce had a g- couple of good opportunities, but Roma's de- defense was just too hard to beat. Oh wait, Michael, time on, time on, time on. Sorry what? to cut you off. Can you, okay. The team that Roma played against, can you say it into the mic and slowly? Fenernord. <laughs> Fenord? I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I thought he was saying something wood, like fair wood. <laughs> I don't I said Fairord, but I don't know how to say their name. I'm not Dutch. <laughs> Fairnord. I always say Feyenoord. Fairnord. Fairnord. It was an interesting final, definitely like one of a kind. The first time uh, that we've had this final. Um, Mourinho completes his own treble of European Cup trophies. Um, it also gets Roma their first year European trophy in over 60 years. Um, so good for Roma. Um, the goal was nice. A couple of big saves from Rui Patricio. Um, I do have one question uh, for Michael, if you, if you saw it. Um, the Abraham chance in the second half where he got pulled from behind. If he had gone down, do you think that gets called? Do you think it's red? What do you think? I think it happened there. I think if he went down, it would have 100% been a call because the referee would have been like incented to like actually even take a look at it. But the fact that he tried to stay up, that didn't really give him much of a reason to look at it. He's like, it's whatever. But if, if he would have gone down, that's a clear goal opportunity. That's a red card easily. There's no other way to put it. It was pretty reckless of a chance. Um, Abraham would have scored if he wasn't, if he wasn't grabbing him like that. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's what, what should have happened. But, you know, Abraham tried to stay up and see if he can still catch up to it. And sometimes you, that's, sometimes it's good to throw yourself in football. And that's one of the reasons why. If you find a right – it's like diving is like a, 
is a skill in itself. You need to know what, like when to actually know what's enough contact to fall on the floor. Yeah. And you got to imagine like in the heat of the moment, uh, he probably took two steps thinking he was going to get to that ball anyway, and then realized it had just gotten too far. And by then it was too late to make some type of decision because he turned around, but a referee sees you take a couple steps without much of a problem and then, and then start complaining. He's, they're never going to give that. I don't think so. Especially in the cup final, they're not going to give it to you. So, I mean, besides that, there were a couple good shots. There was the huge save by Patricio uh, that hit the intersection of the post and the bar um, that I think was an absolute class save. That could have easily been like one of the goals of the tournament because he blasted that thing. Um, but it kept it, it kept it, kept uh, Feyenoord at zero and got Roma to the win in the end. So, yeah, Patricio was phenomenal. I think he actually got man of the match that game. He was without a doubt the best player on the pitch. Um, I also want to give a shout out to um, Chris Smallings. He was phenomenal at defense. In general, Roma's defense was really good. It was a clear like model from what Mourinho always does, where he makes sure his defense are very well calculated, very well like pressuring the offense. And if Fernor didn't even get any opportunities after that, it was pretty rough to watch sometimes because it was just kind of like a brick wall. <laughs> Dude, Ainsley Maitland Niles had to leave. Arsenal go to Roma to finally play in Europe. Actually, do something. Did you know he was on? The, he's on the Roma team. Yeah, he's in the bench, <clears throat> not playing, not something. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, yeah, like you guys said, um, only Mourinho would have a goalie be man of the match in our European <laughs> Cup final. <clears throat> but I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm with with the same um, mindset with the same. Like, I agree with what Michael was saying. Like, I think the Conference League provides those teams that usually wouldn't get to play in Europe um, a chance to do just that. And I think even though it's not, obviously, it's never going to be as exciting, perhaps, as a Champions League final, um, it's it definitely, like, just gives them that opportunity. And I think in some ways it is interesting because you see, like, how these players would um, – react under that kind of pressure you sometimes will see like a vast gap in skills because obviously you will have like what sixth place in the Premier League maybe seventh place in the Premier League playing conference league versus like let's say fourth place in the Netherlands like obviously that's always going to happen but it also gives a lot of these players um, who are in smaller clubs in Europe a chance to like put their name out there how many times have we seen a player do good in a tournament and then get bought James Rodriguez like players like that like obviously those are world cups but same thing goes for conference league final and um yeah unfortunately it was one zip um we kind of called it in our predictions um michael and i obviously because Mourinho is very defensive and seeing how um it was Roma versus Feyenoord but who knows in the future you might get to see some like a more interesting matchup where it might be like a team like Roma versus a sixth place team and apparent something like that like we could see I don't know, Newcastle or something. <laughs> Do the the winners of the Conference League, would they get, like... They play Europa with, League. With Roma. Yeah, they play in Europa League. So, I but, mean, it, it yeah. would give, like, like, like a smaller club a chance to actually play in Europa League as well if they do end up winning it. Yeah. The thing is, this year, uh, Roma is a Europa League. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they're in an Europa League spot already, so I not think much change there. That, like, they push – I know they do it in the Premier League. If, like, a team like Chelsea, for example, like, wins and they're, like, third or fourth, 
like they're like not in the Champions League spot. They push them into a Champions League spot. And they push the person who's in it like fourth out of it. Like I think that's what they did one year in the Champions League. Where like you know no the twenty twelve that happened in uh, twenty when Chelsea won nah. in twenty twelve. Um, I feel I, like the Premier League just got an extra spot. Yeah, they just get an extra spot. <clears throat> um, and I know that for a fact because the Bundesliga has a top four that's playing in Champions League next season, and Frankfurt is playing Champions League next season. And they're uh, not, and they're not top four in the Bundesliga, but they are playing Champions League next season. Okay, okay. So that way, uh, Germany would just have five teams in Champions League. Well, I think this is obviously a good thing for like I think the conference is a really good thing for like smaller clubs. It's a good opportunity to get their like name recognition out, have like the fan like fans of smaller franchises have a chance to have a passion for a tournament like a cup final like Roma like you said haven't won a European trophy in god knows how long so seeing them actually in the cup final win a trophy though it is a conference league it's still pretty exciting you know you're winning the tournament you have a piece of award you have something to show for it and I think what this can do in the summer is possibly help when you get some more pieces I'm not exactly saying that he's going to get you know someone like of any high high stature, but I think he gets some. Oh, he he one hundred percent needs help in the midfield. He so, was linked to Roma. Yeah, so that could be really good for Roma. You know, they're going to be competing in the Conference League. I mean, in the Europa League next year, so they're going to be fighting for Europa League for sure in Serie A. And Serie A, it looks more and more competitive. But yeah, speaking of Roma, uh, Roma legend Francesco Totti had something to say about what we're going to talk about next. Mbappe, he said. I am happy, obviously talking about Mbappe's decision to stay at PSG. He said, I'm happy because I think he made a, ch- a choice from the heart. He grew up with PSG. It's not easy to refuse a team like Real Madrid. I also refused them 20 years ago to stay at Roma. And even though Kylian Mbappe is younger, I think he made the right decision. The roots are very important and Kylian Mbappe. What do we think about that? I think it's completely different. Um, Dotti stayed at Roma. Dotti's always been is from that. That's like his boyhood club, and he always wanted to like make put Roma on that map, basically, which is what he did. While PSG doesn't necessarily need Mbappe as a player, like PSG is such a big brand now, where they have they're based they're I, they were the most expensive, like the richest club in the world. Now it's Newcastle, but they are backed by the Qatari government. They're not exactly like a footballing heritage club where they have all this like talent they have all this like experience and history they're just they're pretty like they've had like a good amount of history but it's nowhere near like other french clubs at this point so it just seems kind of like psg is just a brand that signed a you know they just they signed their most expensive asset again all right going going around just yes answer yes or no whether do you like the trend do you like him staying there yes or no michael I'm biased, but no. Chris. I like it. I don't, I mean, like. All right, Chris, I'll see you from Chris. I like it. George. I'm going to say yes, just because I'm a Barcelona fan. Jesus Christ. And I don't want to see Mbappe tor- torch us every classical, so. Scared of competition? Nah, but, I mean, in, in regard, like, with Mbappe, I, I like him staying there, but I disagree with Toti that it was, like, the right choice in terms of like as a for the public image um just because it's not like it's not the same scenario where Toti just didn't didn't want to go to 
Madrid and wanted to stay in Roma and build like a legacy there or whatever. Like Mbappe rumored to have going to Madrid for like the past two years almost. Um, and he pretty much just like jerked him around and used the hype of him going to Madrid to kind of get a better deal from PSG. So it was shady, but I mean. It, yeah, Totti had, had an interesting way of, uh, of saying the word money. Like this yeah. was a money, this was a money move. Like, let's be completely honest. Uh, I mean, how do you pass up that type, the type of deal that they're giving him? I don't know. If you so, want to be the best player ever, like that's what every player dreams of. And like even more so in a player like Mbappe. Because, you know, like one thing is like Marco Asensio saying, just like that's the first thing that came to my head. But, like Marco Asensio saying like, I want to be the best there's ever been. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, relax. But, like, Mbappe says that, and, like, he technically has a chance. Like, we're biased because we saw, like, we are from the era of Cristiano and Messi. So, like, like if you ask me, do I really think Mbappe is going to surpass Cristiano or Messi? No. But he's, like, a new age Cristiano or Messi. In his head, the only thing that should be in his head is, I want to be the best there's ever been. There's no way you can that could be in your head. You could think that way and you want to stay at PSG because it just hasn't worked out. Like it hasn't worked out with Neymar. It hasn't worked out with Messi. Like the best player ever has never played at PSG. That's just the truth. Go down the Ballon d'Or list. Yeah, it says like PSG for Messi, but we all know he won that because of what he did at Barcelona. Like that's the only thing that I kept going through my mind the entire day. Like, and as soon as I woke up, like, and I saw the news that Mbappe was staying, the best player ever has never played at PSG, has never played in League 1. Like, the best players in the world play in the Premier League and La Liga. It's as simple as that, whether you like it or not. It's just the truth. So I and between, like, and before And before, like, prior to um, last year, I think the closest Ballon d'Or contestant for PSG was, what, like, Ronaldinho, like, 20 years ago and probably Zlatan at some point I'd imagine Ibrahimovic was in there at some point he was never top three I don't think no 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 never top three never top three but he was was definitely on some short list yeah Yeah. Zlatan I think like 26 15 2016 2015 was in the world 11 or yeah or even even before that I think it was like 2013 he was in the world 11 for PSG other than that no one oh him and David Luiz but I think that's also because those two guys made a name for themselves at clubs long before they yeah. moved to PSG. So was a little bit of that was like they had momentum going in um, and then they kind of continued their success. We, I mean, the other thing to remember about Mbappe is like by the time his contract expires at PSG in 2025, he's going to be what, 26? So, I mean, there's no, there's no ruling out him moving to La Liga at that point either. Yeah, but it's just like one thing is being at Real Madrid let's say for like how old is he now 23 23 yeah okay one thing is playing at Real Madrid for 11 12 years and having the stats to be compared to Ronaldo and Messi and one thing is stat padding in Ligue 1 never winning the Ballon d'Or because like the things you'd have to do I, like to to win the Ballon d'Or at PSG, you literally have to win every trophy available to you. Simple as that. Because no one's gonna give it to you for winning Ligue 1. No one's gonna win it to you for winning the domestic cup and the French league. You're gonna have to win. Does it? Does it help him a little bit being 
on the French national team in terms of like if they do make good runs at World Cup stuff like that, Euros things like that. Here's why it won't matter at least until next year. The the Ballon d'Or this year has been given out in, on October 17th, meaning that's a month before the World Cup, meaning mm-hmm. barring like an absolute massacre of Real Madrid by Mohamed Salah on Saturday, that that trophy has Karim Benzema ran all over it. And I think even if Real Madrid loses the Champions League final on Saturday, it's still Benzema. You'd be hard pressed. Like, because here's, here's what I'm saying. When you look at the stats, like Mohamed Salah is the Premier League leader in the two most important stats, goals and assists. But it's just Benzema. Like, he has his name on it. Like, even though the stats aren't similar. Like, I think Benzema, I know that Benzema is the leading goal scorer in La Liga, and he's the second leading assist behind Dembele by one assist. So it's like the same, but. I think it does have a lot to do with um, Saturday, but we'll get into that when we talk about the Champions League final. But basically what I'm trying to say is, for this year at least, like Mbappe's not winning the Blue Lord. He's just not. Um, he is a leading goal scorer in Ligue 1 and the leading assister in Ligue 1, but Mohamed Salah is the same thing in the Premier League and Benzema's damn nearly the same thing in La Liga. Like I said earlier, the best players in the world play in La Liga, they play in the Premier League. It's as simple as that. And um, yeah, yeah I, he, he might be able to move like like Chris said, uh, like in the near future. Like, but you've kind of like what the narrative is right now is that he disrespected Real Madrid. Uh, that's that's where I was gonna go next with you. Is do you think he's burnt burnt that bridge essentially? And there's there's no way like Real Madrid and the fans, the board, etc., would ever like even look at him again. The the year in Madrid before the Mbappe signing, like I think we we played on Saturday our last game or on Friday, our last game. And he announced either he announced on Saturday, right. That he was staying at PSG. I think it was, I think it was essentially getting leaked at that point that he was going to. And then I think it was officially like early Sunday morning or something like that. Okay. So PSG played Sunday. We played on Friday or Saturday, I believe. Real Madrid played Friday or Saturday, the last game. No, no, we were played on Friday on Saturdays yeah. when the thing happened. Cause he said, apparently he was going to like reveal what he was going to do at 5. AM on Sunday. And he did not do that at all. Okay, I think okay. he, so Real Madrid played on Friday and PSG played on Saturday, correct? Yeah. Okay, on Friday, um, I was watching the pregame before um, the final La Liga game for Real Madrid against, uh, was, who was it against? Gavi? Betis. Betis. It was against Betis. And they were interviewing people outside the stadium and they were like, how do you feel about Mbappe coming to Madrid? And everyone was, everyone, and I mean everyone that they interviewed. Uh, they only showed like four or five clips. Said, if he comes, great. If he doesn't, Okay, because somehow Vinicius has lived up to something where it's like it would be amazing if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid. Like that'd be lethal. Like that's the most lethal front line I've seen in a minute since like the MSN, since the Cristiano Bell uh, Benzema. But everyone around Madrid is just like, okay, he didn't come. Like they're not missing him. It hurts because it, it is quite literally like you could say the best player, like top three in the world, but it just doesn't hurt. And th- did he disrespect the club? Yes. In a way he did. Is that going to hurt his chances of moving to Real Madrid in the future? No, because Real Madrid's about winning. In three years, if Mbappe wants to come to Real Madrid, you're just going to get him. He's going to come. They're not going to like 
oh, Mbappe can never come to Real Madrid again. It's not going to happen. And to add on top of that, like Mbappe called Florentino Perez and said that he was sorry, but like he's choosing PSG. So I think he has one eye on the future. If you want to like look into that and dive into that, like why would he call the Real Madrid president after staying at PSG? Maybe he knows that in the future he's going to Real Madrid, but he did disrespect the club. For his like for his legacy, how how often has a player like if he were to go to Real Madrid after at twenty six or however old he's going to be, how often has a player transferred to a big club like that at that age, and really had a successful like uh, like career with the club? Yeah, there's a amount of times twenty six is usually when you're like heading into your prime. You're like your prime, like the real prime for players almost in every sport is usually like, tw- like 29, 28, 27, 30, 31, 32. But like, obviously like in soccer, we're used to like, because we pay attention in soccer to like young talents and young talents get to play in soccer. Whereas like if you take baseball, for example, like this is the only sport I can think of that's like that, where like dudes won't hit the, the big time until they're like 24, 25. Um, but in soccer and like basketball, you have like really young guys playing. So like, can he come at 26 and like be successful? Of course he can. He's still young at 26 years old. Like, dude, Marco Essential is like 26 years old. Um, the problem is coming at 23 is quite different. Like he, yeah. him coming now would have been perfect. It's There's no other word to describe it. It would have been perfect. Real Madrid need a right winger. There's no set right winger. He'll be playing against the Ballon d'Or favorite at the moment in Karim Benzema and someone that's headed up there to the, to meet him and Haaland and Foden and all those guys that have been like established as stars in Vinicius Jr. Um, and I think Cristiano moved to Real Madrid like around that. Yeah, age, I just looked it up. It's twenty four. He was twenty four. Twenty four. He was twenty four. And Benzema was twenty one when they made the move. Yeah, I know Benzema, Benzema was extremely young. What What I oh, think is, is I don't know how like the club is going to look by the time then Bob, if he does, you know, let's say, he, let's say it's the future, right? 2025 is coming. We go through the whole saga again, where he's like, I want to go to Madrid, right? I don't know who Madrid are going to sign this summer. Cause there's a bunch of rumors that are, they're going to try to find Nabry or they're turning, they're going to grab somebody else from some other team and put in that right wing, or maybe even Rodrigo. Rodrigo might develop into something special later on, you know, obviously I'm not that person that's going to be like, Rodrigo's going to be better than Mbappe. It's too early to tell. It's unfair to tell. But, you know, I think it's possible that Rodrigo could be a great player for Real Madrid. So I think this, I think right now would have been perfect for Mbappe. He, like you said, being a right wing, he's already established right wing, who's won a World Cup, who's won the league multiple times, who's been to the finals of the Champions League. He's hungry to win. He's already played with good players. It's this time for him to shine and become like the next young talent for the team until Benzema gets old and leaves. So like it, it would have been for him to come and like play alongside his French teammate. But you know, if let's look at it this way, as a normal person, if I got that mo- that much money offered to me, I will be stupid not to take it. But Mbappe is already filthy rich, so it's like it's kind of a dumb decision. Like everybody wants, like there's a ton of players who want to play in Real Madrid or Barcelona. <laughs> Like there's a re- <laughs> dogs barking, but like there's a reason why Lewandowski is willing to leave Bayern Munich, who are dominating their league, still have a bunch of young talent and can still probably go for a Champions League run, to go play in Barcelona and take that risk with Barcelona because he knows that's like one of the best teams in the world. Like even though Barcelona didn't go far this year in the Champions League, 
and struggled in the, in the Europa League and got eliminated by Frankfurt, that's still one of the best, biggest clubs in the world. Like when people talk about the best clubs in the world, it's always Madrid and Barca, the David and Goliath, the two best rivals in the history of sports, in my opinion. The thing is, this all hurts a little bit less for Real Madrid, given that you are playing in a Champions League final without Kylian Mbappe on your team. You guys are you're, you're playing in the biggest game that a club can play in without that guy. So, so missing out on him, yeah, it stinks, but like you're chilling in all honesty. The other thing I want to I want to ask and you know, let's just be hypothetical, right? Kylian Mbappe plays with Benzema on the French national team. He has definitely seen the season Benzema's having, the Ballon d'Or season he's having. Do you think there's at all some type of like do you think he's at all intimidated to go there and play alongside him? He doesn't want to be, he wants to be the guy, doesn't want to be, you know, second to Benzema and that type of thing. Like, do you think there's any of that going on? Dude, if I'm the best, like, attacker, like, okay. Mbappe will play right wing for Real Madrid. Why would he not want to play with the best number nine, like real number nine in the world? Like, Benzema was the best number. Nobody in the world is playing that position the way Karim Benzema is playing that position. Karim Benzema literally goes out to the wing more than any striker I've ever seen in my life. I didn't know no strikers did that. He literally drops behind Vinicius, a left wing, to distribute the ball. He comes into the midfield to distribute the ball all the time. Like I said, he's the second leading assister in La Liga. Why would you not want to come play at Real Madrid with someone who is literally, like, on some, I'll, if you want to score goals, like, I'm going to give you goals. Like, like there is no way around, like, because I feel like we're giving a lot of excuses. Oh, Mbappe didn't come because, like, who turns down that kind of money? Like Michael said, and I agree wholeheartedly, bro, you're, you're getting paid a stupid amount of money a week. Like, you don't care about money. Like, Mbappe cannot come and tell me to my face, bro, I just wanted more money. Like, there, there has to be a point where a human being earns so much money that they just don't even like you don't even care like you just know you have like you know you have it he knows he has it he's earning so much money money is not the reason i just feel like i don't know he's comfortable at psg i guess um i can't i can't fathom like a real explanation as to why he stayed is he intimidated of benzema Bro, I hope not, because that would be the silliest reason why not to come to Real Madrid. Because like Michael said, and I agree again, dude, there's a difference between that little PSG Eiffel Tower logo and there's a diff- and, and the Real Madrid badge with a crown on it. Bro. Like a lot of people were saying, it, and I agree with them as well, like Real Madrid went through in the Champions League on the strength of the badge straight up. And, and when we were talking about, like, Rodrigo and other, like, oh, uncertainties of what might happen with Real Madrid next season, I'll bring, I'll bring this up to you guys. Like, is he risking it? Because, like, last year, t- two years ago, heading, let's say heading into this season, like, if I didn't know that Vinicius was going to be this good, if you asked me, does Real Madrid need a left winger, I would have told you yes, bro. Like, Vinicius is not the guy. Before this season, Vinicius was not the guy. He was horrible. He scored, like, five goals last season in total. Like, he sucked. Is Mbappe risking it? Like, what if Rodrigo turns up and, and turns into a Vinicius? What if what if Real Madrid go out and get Mo Salah this summer? Oh, well, not this summer because Mo Salah already said he's staying one more year, which is what he has left in his contract. But what if they get him for free next summer? Dude, Tony Kroos is about to lose his job at Real Madrid. 
Real Madrid and Man City are the places to be right now. Like Real Madrid, literally, like, oh, we're not getting Mbappe. Oh, we're gonna go get Aurelian to a many now. The Monica guy for eighty million. Okay, we got that because they were gonna pay Mbappe whatever amount of money they have the money. Everybody wants to be a Real Madrid right now. For you to turn down Real Madrid, I don't know what's going through your head. Because there's nothing. I mean, they're about to play PSG. World Cup together. Mbappe yeah. and yeah, and Benzema. Benzema literally posted the picture of like uh, Tupac with his friend in the background that betrayed him as soon as the, yeah, the Mbappe news that. came out. Obviously, there's no animosity between them. Like, like I don't know. I don't think Benzema's that kind of guy. Like, you know, it's all it's all left on the pitch. And you're not going to play Not anymore, at least. <laughs> don't ask Balbuena. <laughs> don't ask Balbuena how that went. Um, but yeah, they're going to play over in Qatar and they're gonna they're literally gonna smash everyone it's them in Brazil basically but obviously it's soccer and it's a world cup so who knows what'll happen but what I'm saying is they'll do good and there is literally no reason why Mbappe didn't should have stayed at PSG there is none zero and he is risking it because Rodrigo can turn out to be that guy because dude the kid has like four goals in the 90th minute in the last like four Champions League games he's played like he can be that guy. He and it could be for Real and twice and like Dude. almost stoppage time twice. It could be that Real Madrid end up not needing Mbappe at all. And he's risking it because his counterpart, like you know how Ronaldo has Messi. His counterpart is Erling Haaland. And like I said, there's two places to be at right now in world soccer. And that's Real Madrid and Man City. Where did Erling Haaland go? Man City. Guess who he's playing with De Bruyne. Can we sit there and go like mm, is Haaland afraid to play with De Bruyne? No, bro. Big players aren't afraid of competition. They don't run away from it. This I feel the same. I don't way know. About that kind of seems like where we're going with this, though. It's like, oh well, he's not but playing how? in Madrid because he he does like if you want to be the best player, you're gonna go to like those clubs, and he's not doing that. So like, but Chris, why? how has this turned out for every other player that's done the same thing? It's never turned out well. Look at I'm not Mar- justifying it for no, I know. him. I'm not I know. saying I'm just, it's a good I'm decision. Saying. I'm just like, why? Like, if like there's a difference, like some people are just about like the fame and money, and some people are about like legacy in the game. And I think to an extent, like going to PSG kind of tells us where that that kind of is. And I think we saw it with Neymar, like yeah, prime example like a, number one. Yeah. I think I was, Neymar left though because he just wanted to be his own guy, and he's like, "I can go to a team that's gonna pay me ridiculous amount of money, and I can be my own. I can be the guy here." But, but that's what I'm like, saying. There's people that are about like t- team success and like building their legacy that way, and then there's about guys that like are want to be more than the badge. And I think, I mean, Ruff has talked about this on the pod before about PSG's badge doesn't mean the same thing as like other teams. And how did that work out for Neymar? Is what I'm trying to say. Neymar was. Top three play in the world. It was Cristiano. It was Messi. It was Messi and Cristiano interchangeably in the one and two. And then it was Neymar. There was no question about it. No one was touching that man. Maybe Hazard the one season got up there like, oh, yeah, I'm that guy. Other than that, Messi, Cristiano, Messi, Neymar. Neymar immediately dropped off. I'm not sure Neymar's top five. No, I am sure Neymar's not top five in the world. I could probably name you 10 guys better than Neymar right now on the top of my head. It's, I feel the same way about him, about Mbappe staying at PSG, the same way I felt about Neymar leaving Barcelona, about Cristiano leaving Real Madrid, about Messi leaving Barcelona. Same way. It's just an ugly transfer. It's not going to go well. Like, I can't sit here anymore and be like, P- 
PSG are going to be so dangerous because I said that when they got Messi, Neymar, uh, Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, and look what, look what happened. They got knocked out every year. They get knocked out. The only sign of success they had was that they made the Champions League final, and that was the worst, the fakest Champions League ever. It was the Corona Champions League where they had one game knockout to in the quarterfinals and in the semifinals, like bubble Champions League. It's not real, like why you're staying at an unsuccessful club so it must be what chris is saying you're greedy like you're greedy and that's that's an ugly thing to be when you're a young player supposed to be the face of a nation because supposedly like the french president called him up talking about (laughs) yo stay because you are france you are paris jesus christ you you know i hope i hope they win the champions league because like otherwise it's just a waste of three years. Like, is there a difference between Mbappe coming at 23 and 26? Yes. Legacy. Numbers. You want to be the best player in the world? You would have come to Real Madrid. I just don't I think... Like it doesn't help that they're also in Ligue 1. Like, a good example. I got something I saw. I saw somebody tweet saying, like, oh, like, no one's going to really see Mbappe or any of these... Like, PSG basically perform until they go to the Champions League. And once they were out in the Champions League, like, during the when they barometer beat them, they were no one talked about PSG anymore. It was like, oh, that's it. There you go. They, they're not that good. Okay, let's go t- watch the Champions League and like watch other leagues instead because they already knew they were gonna win the the Ligue 1. Like, there it's not like City where City went to a league that was already had established teams, and then it was like, oh, we're gonna be the next big guy here, and they're like, okay, sure, and then they did it. It's Dude, PSG. Just say it. No one cares like, about Ligue 1 financially out of it and they're like oh we're gonna be the big guy and it's like you are because we're not no one else here is wealthy no there's only since psg got bought out by the qatari government they've only lost twice the league which i think is ridiculous they lost in general but they lost in 2016 and 17 against monaco which i think had been bopped during that time if we're correct and then they lost in 2020 2021 against leo those are two times they lost the league and then every suck. other time, it's just been them. <laughs> Say it simple. They suck. You know what the problem is with... It, it happens in the Bundesliga as well. That's why I think... if Is is the Serie A the third most competitive, or is it the Bundesliga? Like, according to I'd the UEFA Syria. coefficients. I'd say uh, Serie I'd rather say Serie A, too. I don't know what they technically have it as. Like, I know they, like, mathematically figure out what is the most competitive, whatever. But, I mean, realistically, I'm going with Serie A right now. It's definitely... Let me check it right now. Let's see where it's at. Yeah, Syria is, according to UEFA coefficients, the third most competitive league. I think France is, should barely be there. Yeah, France is fifth, and then Portugal is, like, literally on them, uh, on sixth place. But I think Portugal should be there. what I was going <laughs> to so say. Here's, here's the debate. Is, is France even a top-five league? No. Like, realistically? <laughs> it's no. Of all the but... European finals, let's see. We got England, Spain. In Champions League, we got Germany, Scotland, and then we had Netherlands and Italy. You know Dude, which you could country probably, is you could not probably, represented? You could probably do that for every single year, and it'll literally be just like that. Missing France, missing France, missing France, except for the I'm Champions League final. It's a farmer's with, uh, league. Look, the big problem with the league, because like it would be fine if, yeah, you just smash through your league and then you play Champions League and you do well, but they can't. It's not possible the same thing happens to um Bayern with the exception of the year that they just literally had the best team in the world 
and they, and they were just playing good. Obviously, this was Corona year as well. You, the problem is that these teams play 30, 28 games, 30 games the entire season against no one. So then they play a team that's actually good and they're stunned. They get beat up and they lose. Yeah, PSG lost in a dramatic like fashion against Real Madrid and almost every year they get knocked out in some dramatic way, but you still lost like where you shouldn't be. Like if, if you grabbed me by the arm and told me five years ago that PSG will land Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi, and Sergio Ramos, and Hakimi, and all those, and, and just the list goes on. The entire team is stacked. They literally added Gianluigi Donnarumma, the best goalie in the world at the time, the Euro winner, the best goalie of the Euros, to their team. And they did nothing with him. They did nothing with him. Actually, they were blamed. He was blamed for their loss. He gave, he gave Benzema the pass, though. <laughs> Meanwhile, AC Milan did what? They won the league. It's just hilarious, dude. It's, like, so divine. Like, it's divine justice at every corner. Do you, you want to know happen. what? you want to know something funny? Um, do you know how many French teams have won the Champions League? One. Do you know what team it was? Leon. It wasn't Leon. I'm gonna guess Marseille. It was Marseille. In 1993, yeah. the second time it was closed was Monaco losing in the finals in 04 against Mourinho's team. So French teams are, are not like historically competitive in Europe. So it goes and back to what I said. I literally said the best player league in the world doesn't play in league one. It never has been that way. It never will. The league that, that makes these great young talents that you just spend a ridiculous amount of money for and you move it to either bigger teams. Like Hazard came from Lille, and then you have Mbappe. They came from Monaco, and Mbappe should have gone from PSG to either Madrid or like he apparently was linked to Liverpool too, which is crazy. But that's what he said himself. Kamovinga came from from Ligon. He he played for Benzema came from Ligon as well, right? Yeah. Benzema's from Ligon, yeah. Fernand Mendy's from Ligon. Yeah. All those guys are from Ligon. To a Mendy's about to leave Ligon. Like that's what you do. And for you to beat Mbappe, because Mbappe's Mbappe, bro. And just literally be like, mm, three more years, you know? Like it, it, it's strange to say, like, like I wouldn't even say it was so much about money because if it was and and like or legacy or anything like that because if it was about legacy he wouldn't have at like he wouldn't have taken such a huge huge offer from psg he would have just said okay i want to build something here and taken whatever they initially offered him like now he's got like pretty much ownership of the team like i don't think uh it's so much about that it's really I, I don't i can't even think of what the reasoning for him to take all that and stay would would Dude, be like imagine the ego you already have messi it, it is yeah. ego i imagine think it is Neymar. ego you have neymar on your team who is who boy now you add mbappe who are you gonna get to manage those guys the only person in my mind that i can think of is zidane and zidane is not going to manage psg i swear if he does chris go ahead and make this a meme post it on tiktok he is not going to manage psg like, he is not going to. He literally stopped managing Real Madrid willingly. He's not going to manage PSG, bro. I heard that. I heard that Mbappe. So, like, mind you, these are all rumors. A lot of rumors came out with the whole Mbappe fiasco. But apparently, since, you know, they say that he can pick the new manager, he wants Zidane. That's who he wants to manage the team. The okay. thing is, he can want that all he wants. But I think 
Zidane's the type of person that it doesn't matter if you want him. Like it's whether he wants to play, he wants to coach you. Like <laughs> I just don't think he like cares about the guys like that. Like I think he's just gonna do what he wants to do. Dude, what can you offer Zidane? Like you can win the Champions League. Yeah, I've already done that. Not, not only as a freaking player, bro. Like I've already done it three times in a row. Man- managing PSG would just be a step down. Like, why would he do that? Him? Winning league going? Exactly. There's <laughs> nothing there, bro. There's just nothing there for him. Does Zidane play at league on? He played league on, right? He must have. Where did he get a start? French. He played in Juventus. He. Wow, what French team does Zidane play for? At uh, Bordeaux. Bordeaux. See, players leave France to become great. <laughs> but yeah, just to close out this entire Mbappe thing, because it's literally just coming back to him being, uh, um, yeah, forty-two point five million per year, um, in addition to one hundred and eighty million euros for staying in France. Financial fair play. And he has a hundred percent of his image rights, dude. At this point, there's like, if we haven't caught Man City and PSG, we're never gonna catch him. If you think if you think Johnny Depp's attorney is good, the one that PSG and Man City have must be her, her <laughs> boss, bro. So moving on to actual soccer players that play for big teams. <laughs> Liverpool versus Real Madrid Champions League final. What do we have to say? Looking forward to the game. You start, Michael, since I... you got the jersey on. Well, um, Obviously, I'm going for Real Madrid. Real Madrid haven't lost against Liverpool in the last four matches. Basically, in the modern age, they haven't lost against Liverpool. They beat them last year twice. While they were injured, I will mention that. They beat them in the 20... What was it? Like, 2017 finals? While, you know, Salah came out and they had... No excuses. We beat them straight up. I don't care. I know, but we, we beat them. So... Now okay. Liverpool, so like we came from beating Liverpool as the favorites to now being not the favorites to go against Liverpool. On paper, if you look at paper, obviously, and football isn't played on paper though. Um, Liverpool is a stronger on team. Grass. Been on grass, it's been on a pitch. Um, Liverpool is a stronger team. You have Mosala, you have you have Mane, you have Diego Jota, you have Luis Diaz coming off the bench. You have Thiago. You have the best, one of the best defenses in the world. That team is scary. But here's the thing. Real Madrid literally went through the hardest path to get to the final. So they don't really care who you are, who you have. Because if it was on, like I said, if it was on paper, PSG would have been Real Madrid easily. If Do you think paper, that hurts Real Madrid, though, since it's not a two-leg tie? And no, it's a cup final. Most of the players in the team already know how to play in the cup final. Maybe the defenders are like kind of out of it, except Carajal has been in the cup final. Courtois is playing in the cup final. Um, Benzema is playing in the cup final. You have Cruz, Modric, and Casamero playing in the cup final. The only people that haven't are Vinicius, who played in the semifinal last year. Um, you have at right wing, you have Valverde. Then you have Mendy and one of our center backs, which is Natal, because Alaba has won with Bayern plenty of times. So our team is experienced. That's not the worry. And even, even let's say if they don't play Alaba, Nacho is also playing a cup final. So, like, the experience is there. The want's there. And I feel like the team has a confidence to be like, we don't care who you are. We've taken Titans out before. Like, it's not that. <laughs> I got Liverpool. I mean, I think 
it, with Real Madrid, uh, like like you said, like they've taken the hardest path to uh, to get to the final. Um, but I think Liverpool is just a m- much better team right now. Now, it, anything could happen at this point. I mean, we've seen uh, what Real Madrid can really do, especially when they start getting momentum. Like Real Madrid can be is is scary that way. But I got Liverpool plus Luis Diaz. A con- uh, for Colombia, so I gotta <laughs> represent my country. So that's the only so, that's, that's a big you one. You just said I got Liverpool because they're a good team and Luis Diaz. That's all you got. That's that's. I mean, Barcelona is over here sitting at home. So, and I'm not gonna go. I'm I'm not supporting Real Madrid. <laughs> Whoever okay. whoever could have been in that final, it, I was gonna go. I was gonna support them, but now more that Luis Diaz was also in there. And I mean, like like Mikey said, like Liverpool on paper is ridiculous. Anything could happen, but I just Man, think Mosala's coming for revenge too. So it's Listen, Liverpool can come out. At, zero Ballon d'Or is not Liverpool team. <laughs> no World Cup final appearances, right? Before Rafa tears everybody, right. Chris, do you have any impact? Anything you want to say? So I look at this this matchup from two perspectives. One, like yeah, Liverpool's good, but their path wasn't like that clean. Like there was a moment there where they thought Villarreal was actually going to do something against them. There was a little bit like Benfica got a good side of them, but Real Madrid's gone through, I mean, just in the last two rounds, last three rounds, Chelsea, PSG, um, and City. And if you look at the Premier League table, City sits above Liverpool. Real Madrid beat the team that is considered better than Liverpool by those standards. Um, but I would be concerned in it just being a, a single match not like a two-leg thing. I've said this before. Real Madrid did a lot of coming back, um, but if they can get them their momentum going in this early, and call it the first half, if they get the momentum going, I don't see Liverpool taking this one. And I think the experience on the Real Madrid side as well is going to play a major factor. Um, so I'm going to go with Real Madrid for this one. Well, listen, there's a lot of ways this game could go. Um, there's a lot of like dynamics that we have to take into account. Um, one of the biggest things is Liverpool going to be able to keep possession on Real Madrid, which is literally, in my eyes, the only way they'll win. If you don't have possession against Real Madrid, guess a goodbye. Because if you give Real Madrid the time and space on the ball, exactly what happened to Man City, exactly what happened to Chelsea, exactly what happened to PSG will happen to you. All those games, Real Madrid had the ball in the 90th, 85th minute on, 80th minute on, they had the ball. Modric has the quality, he's shown it. Benzema has the quality, he's shown it over and over and over. So is Liverpool going to be able to keep the ball? In my opinion, yes. I think Liverpool is going to win the possession of the ball, and it'll then be up to Real Madrid to counterattack. That is, like, as clear as day to me. That is the game plan for Ancelotti. That is the game plan for Jurgen Klopp. And I think that's the way it's going to, like, happen. Um, with with that being said, that means that Trent Alexander-Arnold has to come up against Vinicius. That's, like, the biggest matchup. That's the one that everyone is talking about. Obviously, if Liverpool have the ball, what is Vinicius going to do? That's where it comes in. That's where that comes in. Liverpool needs to be able to hold possession, needs to keep 
Casemiro from recovering the ball. Needs to keep the Real Madrid pressure off them. Needs to be able to hold the ball, push uh, Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold up to get those balls in the box, to get a delivery up to Mo Salah so he can distribute up to those guys in the front. Probably going to be Sadio Mane. And I, I would figure Luis Diaz will start. I don't think Diogo Jones. I think Diogo Jones has fallen out of favor to start the Champions League final. But we've also seen that Luis Diaz is way better off as a sub. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Thiago also picked up a little injury um, in their last um, Premier League match. But supposedly, um, Jurgen Klopp said that he was like surprisingly good in terms of physical condition. So we'll see what happens there. I expect Thiago to start the game, probably get subbed out because there's no way you come back from like a hamstring injury that fast. Um, Same thing with um, Van Dijk has apparently been like struggling with injury and so has Salah because they didn't play him like I think they didn't play him in one of the games in the last games of the league, which I feel like they should have. Which... Well, Salah picked up picked up an injury um, in the FA Cup final, um, got subbed off early, um, and I know they subbed off uh, Van Dyke in that game as well. Um, but that was just when they were going to extra time. I do think if if Van Dyke is knocked up in any way, that'll just make Benzema's movement off the ball that more important. Um, cause essentially it, Van Dyke one-on-one against any, any number nine dude's going to take him. But if, if Benzema is moving off the ball and really making Van Dyke move, I think Benzema could have a goal and, a, and an assist in this game to be completely honest. The thing is, and Thierry Henry was talking about this, um, with Jamie Carragher after Real Madrid played Chelsea talking about Benzema's movement off the ball. It doesn't matter. Like. It seriously doesn't matter. Like, Van Dijk is not going to follow Benzema to the extent that Benzema is going to drop off. Hmm. And that's what makes him so good. Because then it becomes the overload of the midfield. And then you have your wingers pushing up. And, dude, once Benzema or, or Tony Kroos or Luka Modric releases the ball out to Vinicius or Fede Valverde, now you're backtracking. And Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andrew Robertson are not the best defenders in the world. Van Dijk is insane. 1v1, I agree with you. I don't think Benzema's taking him on. I think Vinicius maybe two out of ten times gets past Van Dijk. And and that's another, you know, like... My tip is they're also a really good defender. I think the... How do you think Real Madrid's going to line up in the final? Do you think they're going to... Because I, I heard a lot of discussions where people are saying that they should start Kamavinga over Casemiro over someone in the midfield like Cruz. Oh, you're out of your mind. Absolutely not. I think, and, and like this has been an opinion that I've, that like I apparently I'm the only one that thinks so. I think Tony Kroos is really losing a spot at Real Madrid because his position, there's just no need for it um, at Real Madrid and somewhat in the modern game, like a deep lying midfielder that can really play that long ball. Kind of like every midfielder could play a ball over the top now. And like switches are just like something that midfielders are expected to do. The box to box midfielder that can beat someone on the dribble is what's really popping now. And that's why Frankie de Jong is so good. And that's why in my opinion, Pedri is going to be the best midfielder by far. Like in the next decade, he's just going to dominate because there's just no one moving like that kid right now. If he gets better at defense, watch out. Um, no. Start Modric, Kroos, Casemiro. Sub off Tony Kroos, 60th minute for Kamavinga. That's what you've done all season and you've been everybody. Do it again. In my opinion, should Kamavinga start? Kind of, but there's no way you go against experience. There's, there's just no way you go against like how familiar those three are. And you don't want to throw Kamavinga, who's like 18, 
into a Champions League final after he played in league on last season. If you don't want to do that. And I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with, like, from a managerial standpoint, sitting there in pregame saying, like, okay, like, you're coming on in the 60th minute. Just be ready for that. It's not going to be like, a, oh, well, I'm going to do it based on how Cruz is playing. Like, it, I mean, Chelsea did a lot last year um, with Pulisic. Like, they would just sub him on in the 60th minute, almost on the dot, and give him 30 minutes to play yeah. and Same just split with that with Bernard. Like, I think, I think some guys are just built for that. And especially for Luis Diaz, that's an absolute, like, motor up top. Like, if you give him just 30 minutes to just be that guy, like, dude has the energy to just absolutely terrorize a defense. Yeah. And I think that's the same with some of the subs that Real Madrid makes. Yeah, I think Tony Kroos kind of just knows that that's going to happen. And I, I would bet money on it that that's exactly what's going to happen. I don't see it going otherwise. Maybe the scoreboard might lead to other things. Who knows? But... I seriously don't like if we're winning, I think Camavinga's coming on. If we're losing, I think Camavinga's coming on. Um, Luis Diaz, I agree with you, and that's something we need to look out for. That's why I think he should not start. I don't think he should start. I think they should put Diego Jota. And if that means that your offense is poop for 60 minutes, kind of cool. Like the only way we score if it's Mo Salah does something crazy or Trent Alexander Arnold does something crazy, fine. I'm willing to take that risk in the Champions League final and then bring on Luis Diaz for one of Danny Carvajal for the next 30 minutes. Yes. The problem with starting Luis Diaz is that Luis Diaz is running at like a 100% pace while the team is running at 60%. And sometimes you see it because he'll get the ball, put his head down while everyone is like chilling and he'll just try to take on three defenders and lose the ball. That's something you cannot do. Like I said earlier against Real Madrid, you cannot lose position of the ball. Liverpool, you come out of this game with 60% possession to win this game, I think. You come out with 50, 55, God forbid, 45. You let Real Madrid have the ball most of the time, which I don't think will happen. But if you let them have the ball most of the time, Kareem Benzema is going to punish you. Like, he's the only player I've seen as automatic as this, as Benzema this season, is Cristiano. That season with the noodle hair, where it was like, dude, I don't care what happens. We're going to, like, Cristiano's going to score. Cristiano scored every single game in the Champions League up to, like, the quarterfinal or the semifinal. It was ridiculous. So that's something to look out for. Um, but, like, going back to where this all started. No, I think they should start their um, traditional legacy midfield. Um, left back for Mendy to keep up with Mo Salah. Literally needs to be fit and not injured because there's no one. If Ferdinand doesn't play, Ramon is losing. I think when it comes to center backs, I'm like super torn. I know it's going to be Alaba and Militao, but dude, like Nacho has shown that he's more reliable than Alaba. But I know that that's going to be Alba Militao. Obviously, Carvajal right back is non-negotiable. Courtois and goal is obvious. Vinicius, Benzema. Valverde. You have to go already. Dude, because like the same thing that we've been talking about, Luis Diaz and Camavinga and all these super subs. Rodrigo is a super sub, bro. When he plays in a normal game, apparently, or like, Evidently, he does nothing. Then when he comes on as a sub, he scores. Ride that wave, dude. Next year, if you want to push for a starter, cool. For this game, ride the wave that has literally given you a chance to like, oh, and Bumpy's not coming? We got Rodrigo. Want to be that guy? Wait till next season. Ride the wave, bro. This and Rodrigo, that's scary. <laughs> Terrifying to see. <laughs> uh, and experience is huge, too. Like you said, like you said, like, you don't want to play Kamavinga like an 18-year-old kid 
in a Champions League final when experience when it comes to cup finals like experience is is huge so and we'll see what midfield Liverpool puts up because dude if they don't come out with a Fabinho Jordan Henderson both both of them need to play I know Fabinho's gonna play for sure but somehow Jordan Henderson is like oh maybe maybe not dude Jurgen Klopp comes out there with like Navi Keita and Thiago yeah I'm just saying this. You might get classed by Modric. (laughs) This is what's going to happen, guys. It's going to be 1 1, 90th minute. Madrid and Liverpool are subbing in people. Madrid subbing in Rodrigo. Angelotti has that face. Liverpool is subbing in Origi. And Pop is like, I got this. (laughs) And and there's six minutes of stoppage time. (laughs) Six minutes. Just to like hammer in the the fear of what's going to happen. But what I think is going to happen is I, I, I agree with Rafa. I think. Liverpool have like this. This is a weird thing I'm gonna say. So I think the way that Liverpool and Madrid have played is very similar to me. How like when Madrid get hot or Liverpool get hot, they're gonna score two goals like that. They can score like right off the bat. They have so much energy that just like they're countering you. They have confidence. They're making these key passes. They're pass destroying you. It's insane to watch. And Liverpool is kind of the same thing. Like you saw it with against Villarreal. They were down two nil. They're free- they're probably like freaking out in the locker room. And then Klopp was like, dude. Just put it in Diaz. Watch what's going to happen. <laughs> they scored three goals. They took the lead. They, they, it was insane to watch. They were playing Villarreal. I know, but it usually happens that Liverpool will be playing kind of nonchalant, not really getting the opportunities, not really getting their chances, and they get one goal and their confidence is back, and they, like, want to score another one. And Real Madrid what's your prediction? Always... Huh? What's your prediction? Mm, I don't know. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. Like, hey, bro, I need to put something on the thing, bro. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to say on the graphic. Let's move it. I think this is going to go to penalties, and I'm being honest. Yeah, I was going to say that it could. That's so not a prediction, bro. What's the full time score? What's the penalty score? Penalty score is going to be. What's the full time score? That goes first. 2 2. 2 2 and then a 5 4 on penalties. All right, buddy. <laughs> Wait, but for who? Wait, for Liverpool or for Madrid? Madrid. Yeah, Madrid. Okay, okay. So, I think if Liverpool wants to win this, they have to win it in, like, regular time. They can't go to extra time. If they go to extra time, Madrid, throughout this Champions League, has shown that they're going to – they could win by two, three goals just in extra time. So I think if Liverpool wants to win, if Liverpool has a chance of winning, they have to do it in the 90 minutes. However, I think this goes into extra time 2-2, and I think Real Madrid ends up scoring a goal in extra time, winning 3-2. I, was actually, I just want a good final. I just want a good final. Give me some, give me some drama. Say, I was going to say Liverpool win 3-2 in 90. Ooh. I want goals. I'm trying to speak it into existence. Yeah, I, so I just I, want yeah, goals. Exactly. Please give me some, like, crazy fucking game. These teams can like score. Just, just give me a score. I don't want one more one zero one one defense. I don't care about defense. I want yeah. no defense. Listen, man. Liverpool's gonna score early. It's gonna be one nil. Real Madrid's gonna score. In the wait, wait. Who's minute. scoring? Who is scoring early? Like, name the players. Just give us everything. <laughs> I got you. What part of the so, field where is the ball? I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Ramadri is going to be counterattacking. They're going to lose the ball in the midfield. It's going to be Fabinho's <laughs> going to win the ball. It's going to play it out to Mo Salah. Mo Salah is going to play a 1 2 with Sadio Mane. He's going to sc- Mo Salah is going to score. 
It's going to be 1 0. The revenge. The revenge match. Even though it's not like- revenge if you're not playing against Cristiano Ronaldo or Sergio Ramos or any other players. But, you know, go ahead and tweet that's revenge when you're playing a weaker team. <laughs> cool beans. Mofan is going to score 1 0 and nice and early. Real Madrid are going to be like on their back legs until the 90th minute after they've made their subs for Camavinga and Rodrigo. Then boom, cross, Benzema header, 1 1. Extra time, 0 0 and extra time. Penalties, 5 4 Real Madrid. <laughs> Courtois is going to say, Who's, Who is missing the penalty? Mane. Trent. Trent? Uh, Trent. Do you think Trent's going to take a penalty? Yes. Has he been taking the penalties for the I don't think he's like been. He is a penalty taker. Yeah, I think he took a penalty in the FA Cup. Yeah. Oh, wow. Courtois is going to save Trent's penalty. I feel like it'll be Mane. Which side of the goalie? Left or right side of the goalie? Trent's going to shoot to the right side of the goal, and Courtois is going to save it. All right. Simple. I'll have this I'll have this all marked down. It's going to be man of the match, Luka Modric. And then he retires from Real Madrid and goes somewhere else in the summer. No, nah, Modric got one. Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami. Nico needs to get in the better. I think that would be a... I just want a good final. I know these teams could put on a show. It's going to be a good final. Even if it's 0-0, it's going to be a good final. Your team is playing in the final, bro. 0-0 is going to be intense for you. I definitely think it's going to be dramatic. Actually, a bad final will be like one team just runs away with it. That's a bad final. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But, yeah, um, this has basically been our episode. We talked about Conference League. Then we made a huge jump to talk about – well, no. You know what? We talked about Conference League. Then we made a huge nosedive and talked about Mbappe. Then we took a huge jump and talked about the Champions League final and actual players that don't just care about money and actually play good and make Champions League finals. And, uh, yeah, we've made our predictions. And uh, I'm Rafael Bilo Santos in the same order that we greeted you. I am Michael Figueroa. I'm Chris Will. George Socarra. I remembered my last name. Was cool. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> George. <laughs> this has been Off the Book. We'll catch you next time.